Welcome back to the WISP podcast, where we celebrate amazing women trailblazing in security and privacy. I'm Nicole, your dopest hostess with the mostest, and I am excited that you came back to join us. And I'm proud to introduce our next guest, Miss Sherry Eckert. Welcome to the show, Sherry. It is great to have you. And thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. So this is a special episode. First, because Sherry is just a special person, but Sherry is actually one of the members of the WISP podcast team. And so we just thought it would be really great to not only showcase the wonderful women of the WISP community, which Sherry is, but I thought it would just be great to give a little bit of insight into all the amazing women who are working really hard behind the scenes to help make this happen. So before anything else, Sherry, I want to express my gratitude for all that you do and all the help and the partnership that we've built along the way. It has just truly been a joy working with you. Well, thank you so much. It was an incredible surprise when I got the email, when Mm -hmm. I responded to the call out, and I actually had applied for a different section to work with this. When the email came back and everyone said, you know, with your experience, we'd really like you to be the audio engineer. And I was like, well, okay, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah. She does it all, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a geeky girl. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I'll figure it out. I'm I'm always curious. And that's what I love, right? Like it's it's the intellectual curiosity because like even as we were like kind of building our rhythm, there were some things you were like, hmm, I'm not sure how to do that. Oh yeah, I went online and went to YouTube and like figured it out. And I'm like, this is my spirit animal. I graduated from YouTube University. Hey, well, I've been in technology for a very long time. It's come so far from when I started in yeah. this whole industry. There is so much that you can learn online anymore yeah. that it's it's incredible. It's just, it and it's like, you know, you, I start to stress out. It's like, oh yeah, I have that little computer that I carry around <laughs> in my hand all day. Show me everything I need to know. Everything that you need to know. <laughs> it's really amazing, right? Because I remember, you know, when I was in high school, you know, computers and the internet, they were just starting to come around and it was just like, we had no idea of like the power of all that. But less about the internet, more about you, Sherry. So tell me how you first got introduced to the women in security and privacy community. Well, uh, last Christmas, my cousin is married to a man who is, he is a brilliant techie geek of a man. And I was talking with him and I said, you know, I'm really, really feeling passionate about data protection, security, that I feel like this is going to be, this is going to be the new warfare area. This is what we really need to, and I said, but I don't even know where to start to get into it because I've never really formally done anything with that. And he says, actually, you've probably done more than you think you do. And he told me about Rachel Toback and how he had seen her, I'm sure at DEF CON, and that he just thought she's fantastic and that she is someone that he really tries to emulate her, how she explains things, how she talks about things about trying to human, he mentioned humanizing a big part of technology. So that was the big push. So then I went out and looked for Rachel on LinkedIn and sent her a message. I didn't hear anything back and I didn't expect to. And I saw that she was involved with WISP 
And that's when I applied to the group. And it, I don't know, short, less than a month later was when the call came out about the audio stuff, you know, about doing the podcast. And I'm like, well, I've been doing a podcast for since 2017. Wow. So yeah, let, let's do this. And then in quick succession, this is how we ended up where we are today. <laughs> so this has been like the fast track. Oh, right? I, I don't do anything slow. <laughs> it's like the fast track from curiosity to boom. I'm on the yeah. podcast team. Yeah. I love I love that because so many times, first of all, we hear about so many people, right? Or people tell us about people. A lot of times people don't reach out, don't engage, but you did. And then we get in these communities and sometimes we're like, oh, well, what role can I play? Let me just kind of learn what's happening. You were like, no, I'm going to be a part of what's happening and, and offer up my talent. And what a way it's been to build community, not only with myself and the other members of the podcast team, but to create community around WISP to all the listeners. I think it, it's a really powerful story. And I think all of us, including me, should be inspired to join these communities, seek out our interests, tap into our network and contribute, you know, our talents to different things that we feel passionate about. I, I couldn't agree more. It's one of those things where I was like, how am I going to get involved with this group? You know, what is that going to look like? And then when the podcast came through, it's like, wow, this is going to give me an opportunity to learn more about the other members in the group being involved in the back end of the podcast. My podcast I created because I feel that it's so important to share women's stories and that women have always been the story keepers, the teachers. I don't know. You can call it the soft, whatever it is, the soft skills, whatever it is. And I just felt this was one more arena because I've been in technology for so long, the boys club of technology, and it hasn't changed that much over the years. And for many, many years, I was the only woman that I, woman that I know doing what I was doing. So this to me was like, this is a natural thing of, this is the first women's group that I've ever been involved with in technology. And it was just like, how can I one, expand how I know these people and two, give something to the group because that's really important to me. Yeah. This is really an extension of the thing that you're passionate about, telling Correct. women's stories, right? Yes. So you were really intentional about finding a way to not just show up and do something, but doing something that like means something so special to you. First of all, tell us about your podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, my podcast is called Titanium Blonde Talks. It mm -hmm. is on Apple and Spotify. Okay. And it grew out of a, I contacted people on Facebook that I knew for a variety of reasons and sent out questionnaires and asking them to respond. And I did a woman of the week on my blog post. And then I thought it's, I think it's so much more powerful when a woman shares her story in her own voice, that you get the emotion, you get the passion, you get all of those feelings behind that story. So I just started reaching out to people on Instagram. I got started on Instagram many years ago, meeting other yoga people and doing yoga challenges. So I just contacted some of those people and it grew from there. And some of the people that I reached out to were like, I don't really have a very interesting story. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so that was how it got started. There was one rock star in the yoga community that I just she had her own podcast and I contacted her and out of the blue and she said yes and I was like holy shit I can't believe she actually said yes <laughs> and the woman that I was working with as a, a mentor for me to, and I mean I did my own website 
I learned how to taught myself how to do all the podcasting, how to do the editing. I mean, I didn't have any money. So it was like, how do I learn how to do all this stuff? And the woman who was kind of mentoring me said, honey, you better pull up your big girl panties because this is going to, you're going to, it's going to be a big splash. And I'm like, wow. But I have 58 episodes of some of the most incredible women I have ever met. And working on this podcast has introduced me to some more incredible women that I have ever met. And luckily I get to meet them all before you record. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) None of this surprises me and I am, but I am amazingly impressed because, you know, when I started out podcasting, I had to figure out, you know, how to do a lot of editing and stuff. Your website is gorgeous. It's beautiful, (laughs) right? It's, it's captivating. It's basic, but it works. (laughs) It works. But you know what? Sometimes you don't need all the extra bells and whistles to complicate things, right? Like it's just busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less busy. And and it doesn't take away from the very essence of what you seek to do. And that's give women a space to tell their stories. And I love that you said like showcasing their own voice and own emotion, because especially for women, I mean, so many people try to tell our stories or retell them in ways that benefit their best interests. Their narrative. They want to create the narrative. They do. They want to take the power from us. Correct. And the power from our stories. But you creating that space is like, no, we're going to tell this the way it happened. And I want you to not only tell the story, but like give the color and the flavor behind it. And like, because where I find the connection points for us with storytelling is a lot of times we feel like we're the only ones going through something, right? Or we may all be going through different things, but we have the same emotional or similar emotional response to it, right? Like how many of us deal with imposter syndrome or like how many of us deal with lack of confidence like these are things I struggle with at my big age right but sometimes I find so much power in just knowing like I'm not alone I am normal right I'm not yeah I'm flawed but I'm not faulty and other people have overcome this and it gives me hope like I can too well it's so interesting that you say that because some of the women would say to me you are so easy to talk to. And I have said things to you that I have never said to anyone and have made it a very safe space. Because that's been my thing is this is a safe space for you to be exactly who you are. I don't expect you to show up in any way, but who you are. And some of them, you know, and a lot of us, I mean, I'm older than you are. You get this whole societal family narrative of who you're supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, how you're supposed to move through the world. I mean, I've worked with mostly men my entire adult life in the tech industry. And it's like, dumb it down a little bit. Don't stand up so tall. Listen, I'm 5'11 and my socking feet. (laughs) I can't get any smaller and I like to wear heels. And there you you go. So there's nothing I can do about that. Well, you know, don't be so powerful. I'm sorry. This is what it is. Learn to deal with it. And they don't like a bossy broad Mm -hmm. telling them what Mm -hmm. they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And I put up with sexism, this misogyny, being told that I'm not going to get paid as much as a man because he has a family at home. Hello, single mom. Right. So I've been through this shit. Pardon my French. (laughs) I like to use salty language. It's just words. I have been through this for my entire adult life working. And my thing now is that I'm hoping that in sharing some of this, that women 
that might be going through this right now will understand that it's okay not to dumb it down, not to try and conform, not to try and be that square peg that's trying to fit into the round hole that that corporation or society is trying to make you fit in because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And my thing was is that I finally learned was if you don't like the way I look, the way I sound, you don't respect my intelligence, what I bring to the table, then I shouldn't be working here. Yeah. I don't care how much money you want to offer me. And I've stayed in jobs because I had a kid because, you know, whatever. I've learned that it's like, you know what, you, you, you can't do that. And that's one of the one things that I have learned listening to all of these women that we've been interviewing on the podcast is that a lot of them started their own thing because they felt they couldn't for a variety of reasons. But it's this incredible thing to listen to these women talk about coming together to create WISP in the first place, but also in the work that they do. And it may not be the work that earns them their living, right? They may be earning their living somewhere else, but the work that they're doing on the side where their passions are, those are the things that are important. And those are the things that women, because if I grab a hold of you and I step forward, you come with me. That's right. And that's the only way we're going to move forward. And right. I'm convinced that the world would be a much better place if there were more women in charge. Oh, I'm, I'm certain. Hearing you say these things, like, it makes me so emotional. Yeah. Because, again, this is the power of, of telling your story. Yes. Because I, too, was that young woman who thought I needed to fit into a specific box. Yep. Right. I wanted to work at a specific type of company and I thought <laughs> I needed to look a certain way. I needed to talk a certain way. Mm -hmm. I needed to show up a certain way. And I went through that a lot. I yeah. think 2020 was the first time I had a job interview and I didn't change my hair. Like, that's crazy. Or, you know, thinking about like, you know, when you look at different opportunities and jobs that you had, there were so many places where my talent was leveraged, but it wasn't valued. Yeah. You know, I've often been the only woman on a lot of teams where yep. like I have the biggest portfolio and the smallest team, right? And <laughs> the biggest expectations, but the, the, the smallest amount of help. And, and the best, but, but then you come through with the best delivery. Which, but you know, but, but at what cost, Sherry? And there you go. And that's where it is. And that's where the yoga of life for me comes in with things like that is what sort of a price did I have to pay to get where I am? And is it yeah. worth it to still be here? Is it worth it to still be here? And I got to tell you, I fell backwards into technology. Mm -hmm. I started in 1985 uh, for a company <laughs> that wrote, produced and packaged its own computer software for accounting. Okay. And job costing for construction. Oh, wow. And it was when computers took a whole room and the disks were, you know, bigger than your head. Yes. <laughs> and I was there on the scene when DOS came on. I got to be around the programmers, which we referred to as the slug-like creatures that needed to stay underground under the... <laughs> <laughs> that part. Underneath the bad lighting while mm -hmm. they sat in their chairs drinking 
lots of coffee, but I got, and so I got exposed to those things. And luckily the company, the man, one of the men in charge, his oldest daughter worked there. So they valued women more, mm. but most of the women were in support. Mm -hmm. And I ended up migrating towards distribution. And then when they saw my, you know, willingness to learn new things, I got in, I mean, I worked with the first flop. It, it was just, but, and every place I've ever gone to work, like one place I walked in, I was in charge of all of their customer relations their money, all of that. And then all of a sudden I was learning how to build computers from parts. Wow. Negotiating contracts for all of those parts. And then eventually showing up in an office, which happened to be an architecture firm with my hand cart, my tool belt, two 50 pound monitors. Cause that's how much they oh. weighed back in those days <sighs> and ready to install. And they're like, can we help you? And I'm like, no, I just need you to show me where to go. Well, do you <laughs> need us to help you get that monitor out of the box? No, actually um, I could take care of that myself. Wow. And you know, and it, again, architecture can be a very male driven environment. And yeah. so they weren't sure what to do with me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I just point me in the right direction. I know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. But luckily I worked with men who saw my talent and my skill and my capacity to be able to learn something new and then excel at it. Yeah. I don't have any certifications in anything. I mm -hmm. have learned on every single job that I've gone to. It's yeah. like, you need to do that. Let me see if I can figure out how to do it. Yeah. I love that. It's amazing you know, when, when, um, when men become our ally. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. It is. It is. And, I, and I, I appreciate that the leader had that daughter because it gave him a different perspective. You know, it just shows just how women being present in any capacity can, yep. can really shift, you know, the temperature of, of an environment. Well, and there were quite a few women there. In fact, they sponsored a, a women's softball team. We all, because oh, I'd been playing nice. softball for most of my life. And so I got to know the women, like the CPAs in the building. I mean, it was one of those things where we got to know each other outside of the environment of work, which I found, in, and I was in my early 20s. I mean, I didn't know rap at that mm -hmm. point in time. And it was incredible to be able to have that exposure to both, you know, old older, younger, and everything in between. And I, I just, that was kind of what kicked me off in the, in the direction and the trajectory that I ended up on. So. Nice. Very, very nice. So what do you do today? Well, today my technical title is yeah. that I am the business manager for a health club. So I'm passionate about two things. Okay. I'm passionate about security, mm -hmm. data, and I'm passionate about helping people move and live better in their bodies. So being in a health club, I walked in as their business manager. I handle everything that has to do with money, all the mm -hmm. employees, but I also manage all of the hardware, the software, help purchase anything new that we're gonna do in there, how does it work? What do we do with it? When we were shut down, the very first day we shut down for the COVID epidemic, I went to my boss and I said, I can get all of our trainers and some of our group fitness instructors up on Zoom and we can hold on to our members that way. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I said, do you trust me? And he goes, well, yeah. I, he goes, but how are you going to train everyone? I said, well, put everybody in the big room. I'll get everyone trained within four days. Wow. Almost every single trainer we had on staff was scheduled full. And we had about four different instructors to go with classes online because Amazing. our members were needing it as mm -hmm. well as our employers, That's our employees. Right. And so it kept people, I mean, it kept us employed. Yeah. We were one, I found out we were in the 1% in the nation that held on to all of our personal trainers, most of our membership, but it's a small family owned gym that's been in business for 21 years. I mean, this, this Phil. is a one, this is not a, 
yeah. It's still a feat. It is. It, it is. It's still a huge feat. And I, I think, don't know that the club would still be here if, yeah. we, if I hadn't pulled that all together. I so. think that is, I know we were talking about challenges. I was, I was going to ask about triumphs, but I mean, I think that's a pretty <laughs> damn notable triumph because it, it's, it's so, first of all, they call you the business manager, but you sound like the chief operating officer to me. Well, I am. And, and here's what I'll tell you is that, you know, most of the staff all wears name tags. Everyone comes to me when they need something done because yeah. I make a decision. You make I it figure happen. it out. We're moving forward. So <laughs> the guy that manages the front desk made me a name tag and it says Sherry. And instead of saying, you know, business manager, whatever, it says badass. So I, that that <laughs> is her. I mean, who else but the badass on your staff is going to say, do you trust me? Watch, watch what I make happen. Watch me work. Okay. Watch just, me work. just watch me work. Yes. And then so, you also have an affinity for yoga as well. Tell me I've more about teaching. that. Well, so I've been practicing yoga for almost 30 years Wow. and my grandmother passed away in 2000 mm. and I started taking yoga at a different gym and met a Nyangar instructor. And she said, I think you should become a yoga teacher. I mean, I was a ballerina wow. for 17 years. So I, and I've been moving and grooving for my entire life. So I went through a short training, got certified because they were ready to put me into teaching. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I wanted more. So I did a over 500 hour teacher training. Wow. At this point in time, I have pretty close to 20,000 practical hours of teaching yoga. I've seen a multitude of bodies. I have taught military guys who show up thinking that they're going to show me up mm -hmm. and they walk out the door going, you just <laughs> beat me up. Yes, I did. <laughs> I've taught to, I mean, large 50 people in a room to, I work also with, you know, just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And it's, it's a passion and, and it's something that the yoga practice does between that and beach walks. That's what keeps me sane every day. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about yoga that makes you so passionate about what, what does it do for you and what do you see it do for other people? Well, what it did for me was the old ballerina in me, when I went to my first Iyengar class went, Ooh, body alignment. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was very linear. It was very, your foot goes here, the prop goes here. They do, and I, and I stayed in that arena for a lot of years and I've moved on from there. And about six years into my teaching journey, um, I started teaching at a dance studio and a physical therapist an occupational therapist reached out to me and said, I'd like to hire you to come and teach in my facility because I want to have someone like you that I can transition my patients to that they mm -hmm. don't end up back in physical therapy in worse shape than when they started. And I was like, okay. So I started exploring different ways of movement and working with older people. And the thing I heard, the number one thing was a fear of falling. Mm, yep. And so I've worked with stroke recovery, with joint replacement recovery. A kid fell off a roof and broke everything, landed on his feet and broke everything from his feet up to his hips. Yeah. And helped put him back together. And so I've just, now I do a lot of somatic movements. We work a lot with balance and weight transition because here's what it is everybody's getting older. And as you get older, you have to think about balance is the one thing in your life that with age goes away, but with can practice, it can come back. So that means if you can stay mobile, that means independence and the ability uh, to live your life the way, the way you always have. It makes me emotional. That's powerful. 
it, it's very powerful. And to work with someone who has MS and was in a wheelchair and didn't think she could do things to me being able to show her the difference in what she could do and yeah. the smile on her face. That's why I teach yoga. When yeah. someone walks out of a room and says to me, I feel so much better than I walked in. That's it. Yeah. And when somebody new comes, I say, if all you learn how to do today is to breathe, that's a win. Uh, listen, I, so I had a friend who was wheelchair bound due yeah. to MS. Her spirit changed when she could not yep. move how she wanted to. So I can literally imagine the smile from the people that you and work with. And, you know, I don't do it for fame, fortune. I don't do it to feed my ego. I do it because I want to serve. Yeah. Yeah. I want to help people feel, I mean, and during the pandemic, my online classes were packed. Yep. Because people needed community. They and did. I'll tell you, it's a very different experience to teach in person because I teach to the people and the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. When you're teaching online and you see someone's big toe or the ceiling or... <laughs> Right. But, you know, I, I've been teaching so long now that if I can't do a good job with teaching, I have no business teaching. It's one of those things where it's a community. It also teaches you how to live in your body. And I really focus with we need to learn how we rest in space before we start moving through space. Mm -hmm. Because most people are disconnected. We spend too much time on screens. We don't move enough. We don't get outside in nature enough for a variety. I mean, everybody's got whatever it is. Yeah. And the body that you're living in has been through, it's housing everything that you've done, every bounce, wow. bump, bruise, car accident, whatever it is, has been absorbed into your body. How do you work with that to be able to continue to keep moving? Because yeah. that equals independence. I love that. I love that. So I'm certain your passion, I'm not even say it, passion, because honestly, I feel like it's really embedded into like the core of just who you are. Teaching, solutioning, movement, power, independence. Does that inspire the space that you want to occupy in either security or privacy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like my, my cousin's husband said to me, he goes, I think you'd be really great at social engineering because he said, you're a really great storyteller. Yes. And he said, and I also think that you would be really good at training other people or, you know, speaking on what are some of the pitfalls? How do we make this work? Working with people in groups, I'm certified in conflict resolution as well. And so mm -hmm. How do you bring disparate backgrounds? And and I was the person in the room. And I'll never forget this. I went to a job interview one time and this man said, we both realized I wasn't right for the position. But he said to me, he goes, do you realize that you are a right left brain person and how rare that is? He said, you can transition from one to the other in the blink of an eye. And he says, never let anybody stifle that in you. And I was like, okay. Wow. Got it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, how do I bring together these disparate groups of people who have all kinds of different perspectives? Some of them may not want to share because they feel like they don't have enough to share. Or it's not valuable and figure out a path forward. Yeah. I believe that this country does not regulate technology. They never have. I don't know that they ever will. And I've been doing a lot of research in Europe, particularly in Ireland, because I know they're kind of the hub for, you know, security and protection over there. Yep. And I'm ready for a pivot. I'm ready to dive into this deeper and whatever that looks like, whether that's 
giving talks, whether that's doing training, whatever that is, that's, you know, and you and I had a conversation about this and it's just like, I'm sort of open. And when you said, follow the curiosity, it's like, oh, I recognize mm -hmm. that. I can do mm -hmm. that. Oh yeah. So I don't have any specific space I'd like to be, but somewhere where I can serve people. And the thing that I keep going back to is Rachel making the comment about, you cannot tell someone not to open an email or punish them for opening an email that creates a problem in your network. One, that means there's a hole in your network that needs to be filled. Mm -hmm. But two, you have to empower people to be able to do their job and not be in fear while right. they're doing that. And so that's the kind of thing is like, you know, how do you, how do you bring these things forward? How do you teach people to be more aware mm -hmm. as a part of their job, still be successful and not be in fear? Yeah. Because then everybody wins. That's right. When you manage by fear that um, I'm sorry, that just yeah, doesn't work. It doesn't it's never going to work. It doesn't work. Well, and, you I've... know, technology has let the lion out of the cage of them dictating how business goes. Mm -hmm. And I used to be the the in, the in between the money talkers and the geek speakers because mm -hmm. they don't speak the same language at all. <laughs> at all at all that's kind of where i'm at is how do we bring this disparate groups together and realize the importance not just to business but to the human race i think yeah. ai is pretty scary it is powerful and scary and right. and even the developers the engineers don't know where it can go yet they mm -hmm. still want to pursue it and i'm like there's something wrong with this picture. how do we balance that yeah yeah and you know what you you continue to highlight a such an important concept and that's one that i don't believe gets looked at enough is the human element of cybersecurity. Correct. Right? Like, yes, yes, it is. There are tons of technical concepts and configurations and tools that we have to use, but what good are all those things if we can't get people to understand why they're important, if we can't get people to prioritize these, right, and their roadmaps, if we don't get people to adopt these practices, right? Correct. I don't care how many tools you throw at something, it's not going to work. Well, what technology Technology does is that it, it's great for a lot of different things, but it tends to suck the humanity out of the situation. Mm. And this is about human beings and yeah. how we live our lives. And when we divorce ourselves from our humanity, that's deeply ingrained. I yeah. mean, that that's what it is. That's who, as a part of who you are intrinsically. Yeah. When we do that, that is a disservice to everyone. everyone. It, it is. puts us all in peril. Yeah, yeah. That's the depth of my commitment and my drive is like, and, and I just feel that women have a unique position in being able to be leaders in that. Yeah, in I keeping agree. the humanity in technology. Yeah. In whatever shape or form, whether it's in protection, security, network training, employee, whatever it is that women bring that, and there's just not enough. I mean, yeah. I, we were making paths forward and I was just listening to an um, interview with Kara Swisher and she was saying how as much as we've come forward as far as women in technology, we're at this point in time, I think we're moving backwards. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Sherry. Yeah. You're looking for opportunities to yes. bring your talents into this space. As you move along this journey, what have you learned and what advice do you have for other women who are aspiring to work in this industry? Never give up. Mm-hmm. Never give up. Yeah. If someone, if 
if you, and if you can't find it on your own, keep asking questions That's right. because someone will have, and it may just be one word that gives yeah. you language that you didn't have, mm -hmm. but never stop and always reach out and say, I heard you say this, or I read this. What do you think about this? And that's the only way, again, if, if you move forward, you bring people behind you forward. That's right. I don't, love that. Don't, don't give up. Please don't give up. So what's next in the wonderful world of Sherry? <laughs> my my fellow titanium blonde. I think titanium blonde is the name of the episode. <laughs> hey, my my friend gave me the nickname titanium. And I she said, it. because you are one of the most, when titanium is warm, it's one of the most flexible metals. Mm. And she said, you're one of the most flexible people I've ever met, yeah. not just from yoga, but because you can get along with so many different people. You really people. can. You really can. And she said, and when it's cold, it's one of the strongest metals there is. And she said, I've never met a stronger woman. Wow. What a compliment. Than you. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That's a big like compliment. That. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I think you just need to get a group of us titanium blondes together I, I love and that. make a community. And you don't even have to have blonde hair to have titanium yeah. blondes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> right. um, you know, I just, I, I don't know where to go next. I mean, I've thought about, you know, potentially relocating to Europe mm -hmm. um, just to go and learn because yeah. I just think they have so much to teach us. And I don't think I can get that from staying here. Yeah. But it means upending an entire life and yeah. you know it's a pivot and you know I'm, I'm pivot I'm getting older every day <laughs> <laughs> we all are yeah but yeah. but I am a person who I I embrace learning new things I get bored easy I don't the version of hell for me is to do the same thing the same every way day. Mm -hmm. every single day just shoot yeah. me down put me out of my misery yeah so I'm I'm pretty open I'm, I mean yeah. I'm looking for somebody to reach out to me and go this is fantastic you're fantastic let's do this yeah and would you be interested in learning how to do this sure let's give I it a shot that. if it works great if it doesn't let's pivot and do something else I so, love that so really what's next are endless possibilities that's where I'm at right now. I'm waiting for just someone to just they either hear this or they meet me and go, I think that you would be great doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, listen, so. if you're listening and you want <laughs> some titanium blonde energy on your team, <laughs> let us know. Sherry, where could they find you? Are you on, are you on LinkedIn? I, I'm on LinkedIn. My okay. my LinkedIn profile right now is a work in progress. So it's it's not it's not perfect. Um okay. I'm on Instagram under titanium underscore underscore blonde with an E. Okay. I have a YouTube channel. Some of my yoga stuff is up there. I, I keep a lot of it private. And I have a TikTok, but I don't I don't, don't really use it much. Well listen, no. if you're listening and you want to get in touch with the titanium blonde. <laughs> Find her on Instagram, titanium underscore underscore blonde with an E. Or what's the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, Sherry Eckert. Sherry Eckert. You yeah. heard it here first, guys. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for hanging with me today, Sherry. This Thank has you been a pleasure. Me. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for continuing to tune in. And if you want to hear more, you know where to find us. Join us for new episodes on the last Monday of every month as we elevate and celebrate these amazing titanium deserving women we look forward to seeing you there have a great week <laughs>